Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's program. My name is Ed Taylor, taking your calls and your questions today. Just being open to the work of the Holy Spirit, uh, talking about the things of the Lord, praying together, uh, lifting up each other's burdens, and uh, carrying them together, even through technology. Um, I was talking to a brother last night after our Bible study, after our midweek Bible study, and he had mentioned um, how he was feeling like um, he didn't want to burden uh, his friends or his fellow believers uh, with uh, the the heaviness in his life. He felt like it was, I forget his exact words, but he, he kind of expressed how uh, you know, he was doing it too much and he didn't want to burden uh, his brothers and his friends with with his burdens. Uh, but, but I remembered a passage of scripture uh, in Galatians where we're told that that's part of the body. It's part of why we have each other in our lives. Uh, in Galatians chapter 6, it says in verse 2, Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. And that's one of the reasons why God created the church. Uh, and in the church being not an institution or a movement or, or even a local fellowship gathering in a church building or a school or anything like that, but the church, the, re, the, the group of the redeemed men and women, boys and girls who have who've been born again and their sins are forgiven. Uh, we've had been, the Bible says, adopted into a new family. And in this new family, part of our joy and responsibility with each other is to bear one another's burdens. Uh, and Galatians 6, 2. Now, he goes on to say, but let each one examine his own work and he will have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another, for each one shall bear his own load. And, and so there is a sense of, of having our lives in order in the strength of the Lord and, uh, and, and making sure that uh, you know when we are in, the, in light of bearing one another's burdens that we're not casting all of our cares upon a man because the Bible says that we're to cast all our cares upon the Lord because he cares for us. And radio in this, this program uh, is a small part of of our desire to sow you know righteousness into your life and to help you along the journey, whether it's a Bible question or it's a prayer request or a clarification or uh, you know we talk about a lot of things. Uh, yesterday we were talking about the sin of gluttony and uh, addiction and sometimes uh, we overlook you know gluttony and uh, only think of addiction in terms of you know alcohol or something but uh, just the victory and the freedom that the Lord has given to us, and the essence of our victory and freedom is in um, is in the resurrection power of Jesus Christ, and then the excess, uh, the essence of how we access and enjoy uh, 
the power, the resurrection power of Jesus Christ is to uh, live by faith and believe God in what he says. 303-690-3000. Uh, we're going to go right to Loveland, Colorado with Dana is on the line. Dana, welcome to the program. Hi. So my question is, um, you know, I, I'm a pretty generous person, and I have some friends and family that always seem to, um, they'll either go camping with us or they'll come over or whatever, and it just seems like I'm always the one that's, you know, taking care of everybody and always, um, you know, nobody's contributing as much as me, and I don't want to score keep, and I believe in, in um, being generous, but where is the, but I, I don't know how to find the fine line with healthy boundaries so that I don't feel so bitter and angry and one-sided, you know, like they'll come to my house and they'll be like, I'm landed and I get to feed everybody and serve everybody, and I just never get the same treatment when I go to their house or their campsite or whatever. Let's let's think this through because um, if what you're describing is true generosity, then you wouldn't be wrestling with some of the things you're having right now because here's generosity. Here's a definition. Showing a readiness to give more of something as money or time than is strictly necessary or expected. Uh, Showing kindness toward one another. (laughs) Uh, uh, larger or more plentiful, like when you're you're generous, and and in that that phrase of I don't want to keep score, uh, the wrestling and the difficulty you're facing right now is simply because you have been keeping score, and mm-hmm. and that's part of the boundaries that you're looking for. Where if you really believe that that God is prompting you to give uh, generously to people, then then you, you've got to back out of any expectation to receive anything else. And just be obedient, uh, and I see. and and let people take advantage of you. If you're a generous person, you will be taken advantage of, because that's mm. how so the world speaking, operates. You're speaking like um, unconditionally. You just gotta just give, 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 and just not well, look at uh, how much you're giving. Is that what you're saying? I guess that that's the essence of generosity. Um, I, yeah. I I do believe that it's okay as a generous person to say no. So it's definitely okay in in your assessment of the situation and in your prayer life to say no, um, to say, no, I'm not able to do that. Or even, I don't want to do that. Um, and point somebody toward the generous God who can give far more than you could ever give. Um, but when, when we put strings, uh, when we attach strings to, um, to our giving to, to God, to each other, uh, then it, it leads to this kind of frustration because, um, and it's normal, so you know I'm not speaking this in terms of condemnation or you're a bad person. It is normal to put uh, limit, you know, put expectations on our giving, and and God is just revealing to you if if you really are generous, then be generous and leave the results up to Him. Right. Yeah, I guess but I just okay. don't know how to do that fully and completely. I, I'm, I mean, I'm a work in you're progress. <laughs> it's just, yeah, you're learning. We all you know? are learning, you know. Yeah, and that's yeah. and praise God for for generous hearts like you, and praise God that um, uh, evidence of your generosity is clear in that you're being taken advantage of, and or you feel like you're being taken advantage of, and and so it's like now part of your life. You know, you've probably been in, in your prayer life. God, how can I give, and what can I give? And and your and now you can add to your prayer life. God, when should I say no? Uh, because yeah. certainly God, He shows us that principle 
um, that that he will often say no to us in his generosity. I mean, look look at all that God has done for us, but he doesn't say yes to every request that we have. That's true. Yes, yeah, I've been, been told no many times. <laughs> yeah, in my prayers, yeah. So, well, and I just, you know, sometimes I feel guilty because we are financially blessed, and we, we do, you know, we, we do have quite a bit, you know, we're, we're just blessed. And so I, I kind of, yeah, I, I just need to learn maybe to say no, maybe sometimes just to say I can't, I can't do that, and not feel guilty yes, about and, that. Yes, and, and let yeah. the, you know, let the results, um, let the results be what they are, because here's the thing, generosity, when it's being, when it's matched with someone else's manipulation, um, these are the kind of feelings that come. And even if you're manipulating yourself in the sense, in this way, the fear of man brings a snare. And so mm-hmm. let's say that this, this next instance, you just feel like God's saying, don't do that. Don't give. And then you become afraid. Well, then they won't like me anymore. Then they'll talk behind my back and you know, all mm-hmm. of those things. But, but the reality is, is that people already talk behind our back and People already don't like us, so we just have to keep our eyes on the Lord, live for Him, and you know, praise God for for His provision and how much He's blessed you. And I just know that you can't outgive God, and He'll what you've done in secret or even what you've done in your heart, just being over generous. The Holy Spirit tells us and in, in, reveals to us in the Word that your Father will reward you openly. So ultimately, you're given to Him. Yeah, that's true. He has rewarded me greatly for sure. Yeah. So, okay, well, thank you. That's great. That's great. That, that gives me You're some welcome. clarity. That's yeah. a great question. Yeah. All right. Well, thank All you. Right. God bless you. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. Uh, 303-690-3000. Got a couple open lines. You can text me, 720-336-0897. I know you guys are listening out on the East Coast on Hope FM. Uh, you're listening uh, there in the south on Truth FM and, of course, up and down the front range here on Grace FM. Just remember, if you're listening on Hope FM or Truth FM, uh, just remember that the program you're listening to right now is aired one week delay. And what that means is is that um, while we're doing the show live and in Colorado uh, and in Nebraska and online and in Wyoming, uh, if you're listening right now, you're listening live, you're calling live, and you're getting the answer on the radio live. But if you're listening on Hope FM, you can call during the show, and you'll you'll get a live uh, host, and you'll get a live answer, but you won't hear it on the radio until next week. And uh, that's just some technology things, uh, because Grace FM is the originating station of the Calvary Live, and, and we just don't have the technology to deliver it live uh, to other stations. So they just uh, host it or air it a week later. So call me if you're in New Jersey or Pennsylvania uh, or you're in Kentucky or wherever you might be listening online because I see there's even a call coming up uh, here on the East Coast in Maryland. So, But before we get to that, we're going to go to Matthew in Centennial, Colorado. Matthew, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Ed. How are you? I'm good, Matthew. I'm, I'm still jet-lagging, but... I'm making it. Good to hear. Um, I just had two prayer requests. Okay. And uh, the first one is just for my wife and I during this time of waiting. It's just been really hard on us. And um, yes. So just strength for that. And um, the other one is I really want to be Colorado State Patrol, and I'm in the yes. process of that. 
but it's a very long process, and I don't really know if that's where God wants me, but that's where I really want to be, and so just for that. Okay. Did you know that my son was a state trooper? I did not know that. Yeah, we walked with him uh, along that long process. Uh, I remember when uh, when he first received the packet. Um, he it was a it was a brother in the Lord who was a dad of my other son, a baseball teammate, and uh, and it was a long process. Yes, I remember it. Uh, and and through the process, uh, just like you're going to find out through the process, you will really find out if it's God's will for you. Mm-hmm. And and then another thing that I was thinking is you asked for strength while you're waiting, and immediately a passage of scripture came to mind, and I wonder if you're familiar with it. It's in Isaiah chapter forty, and it's in verse thirty-one, and it says, "But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength, and they will mount up with wings like eagles, and they shall run." and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Have you ever heard that passage before? I have, but it's been a long time since I heard it, so thank you. And and so to me, it was just kind of an encouragement, because the actual process of waiting uh, puts you in a position to receive exactly what you're praying for. Even though I totally get um, the the weariness and the, um, you know, you just lose heart, and uh, waiting is, is hard. I know we've been waiting for something for five years. And uh, just things haven't gotten any better. They've actually gotten worse. And, and yet in the process, we've become stronger. Uh, our faith has become stronger. And we've learned that we, um, I know I've learned on a personal level, and I think I can speak for my family as well, but uh, we've learned that while we're waiting on something, we're actually waiting on someone. And, and we're, we do like broker out our lives into little things that we want and situations we want resolved. But in reality, it's those things and situations that are actually strengthening us in our relationship with God. And that's the byproduct. That's actually, the byproduct is God's answer to prayer. The, the whole essence of waiting on God is to, to learn his attributes, learn his faithfulness, learn that even though I'm not getting what I want right now, I have everything that I need in him. Yes. So let's pray. Father, I, I pray for Matthew and, and really anyone that's listening in uh, that is waiting and has been waiting. Uh, he asked for strength, and so I pray for that. I ask for you not only to use the process of waiting to give him strength, but just to supernaturally endow him with strength, God. Uh, supernaturally encourage him. Um, by your by your presence of your indwelling presence in his life, supernaturally uh, empower him through the baptism of the Holy Spirit in his life, and and let this truth in Isaiah um, be such an encouragement to him. And I pray for this process of the state troopers. I I know it's a long one, and and it's it can get discouraging, and and the 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 times of silence, and then the changes, and then the budget stuff, and then they didn't have enough people for the class or whatever, all of those things. But thank God for law enforcement. I thank you, God. I thank you for men and women that are willing in to, to step into the place of law enforcement to protect us uh, and to stand in the gap for our society. And so I pray for Matthew as he is discerning and determining which direction you're going to take his life. 
uh, that you would strengthen him and empower him and help him, Lord, to draw near to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor Ed. You're welcome. God bless you. God bless Bye-bye. you. Have a good day. Bye. Let us know when you get the job, too. I definitely will. Thank you. All right, good. All right, I want to take a question real quick here um, on a texting because it's a quick one. Um, it says, good afternoon, Pastor Ed. Welcome back. Can you kindly explain why Christianity, there isn't much talk about holy water? Thank you. Um, there isn't much talk about holy water, Joshua, because there's no such thing. Uh, it is uh, an invention of the Roman Catholic Church. And I don't exactly know why, uh, but water is water. And there is no real such thing as holy water as you read through the scriptures. Um, you know, you can, you, can, you can sanctify, you know, I think in the, in the Old Testament, sanctification of oil to be anointed, you know, for kings and priests. And, um, you know, there's, there's the setting apart of something uh, as holy unto the Lord. However, it doesn't mean uh, as it does today uh, how, you know, some water's holy and some water's not, like God's blessing is in it. And, you know, that water over there, uh, Aurora water is not holy, but Denver water is. Or if a pastor or a priest has blessed it, it's it's somehow more vital or more powerful. Or, um, it, it's just not a biblical concept. And because it's not a biblical teaching uh, in churches that adhere to the scriptures, you're not going to hear a lot about it. In churches that adhere to tradition, that's probably where you're going to hear those types of things. 303-690-3000. We're going to pick up uh, with Liz in Churchill, Maryland. Hey, Liz, welcome to the program. Hi, how are you? Uh, I'm good. Good. Um, I have a two-pronged question about divorce. Okay. um, I'm up in age, and I've been divorced twice. And okay. both times, it was very regretful for me. One lasted it was 14 very... years, one lasted 15 years. I'm both sorry, I missed, I, missed, um, I missed the clarification. You said... Um, I said you, that been... Uh, I've been divorced twice. And, yes, and one marriage lasted 14 years, one okay. lasted 15 years. All right. Unfortunately, um, it was very regretful for me, and I'm the one that ended the marriage. Both of these marriages had counseling involved. Um, Both of my husbands were very abusive. I've done a lot of uh, growing since then, and uh, I was hospitalized in the 15-year marriage um, with a busted-out eardrum uh, from a very hard slap to the head, you know, all of this. I had to have surgery. I felt like those marriages had to end, not only for my sake, but for the emotional and um, well-being of the children in the marriage. Now, um, I've done a lot of growing since then, and, um, you know, things have changed for me a lot since then. I am happy, independent, and I'm, you know, self-supporting and, and, you know, uh, a Christian now. Great. And I was not then. However, okay. if I were to ever, because I wished I would have been a Christian years ago, I would have looked for different things in a mate and not relied so much on feelings and 
notions and things. And I would have seen more red flags right off the bat. And that's very hard to do when a woman's in love, uh, is to see red flags. You fall in love with a person's heart, and then you end up forgiving and forgiving and forgiving. But when it comes to physical abuse, it becomes a whole different dynamic. It becomes dangerous. That's so correct. I left two marriages, and that's the first part of the question. That is supposed to be a sin. And the second okay, wh- part of the divorce equation the qu- is before we if get to I the to second. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Before mm-hmm. we get to the second part of the question, okay, or, or the, mm-hmm. the let me just speak to for a moment for those listening in that God never requires a woman or a man, but primarily it's women that get abused in a marriage never requires a woman to submit to physical abuse in a marriage. And so your choices to to not only receive counseling, but to more importantly put yourself in a safe place were good decisions. And I want to affirm that in your life. Um, and that is okay you, by God, right? Yeah, it, it absolutely is okay by God. It, you are not required to stay in a physically abusive situation, period. That has been a long-time question that's bothered me. I don't know why I didn't think to ask it before. <clears throat> but uh, I just thought that, you know, but, but it, does, it says in the Bible you're supposed to be married one time. That, that's correct, you know, and that's—so let's think about this, because um, all of us are, are fraught with failure, right? The Bible says— that we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And so God's ideal, the ideal scenario in your life and mine uh, in for, for his creation is one man, one woman, one lifetime. That's God's definition of marriage. That's my uh, ideal also. <laughs> but it didn't that's happen the ideal. for good reason. But, but we don't live in an <laughs> ideal world. And I know, but the, doesn't that change what God said by me it, deciding that I wanted to pull the plug on these marriages for good reason, because it was dangerous? Um, well, you know, we, and let, I let's, did try let, for 14 years and then 15 years in the second one. Let's, because it's a radio program and we really can't get into like major deep uh, explanations mm-hmm. and all the weight of your marriage— I think it's good for you to accept this. these two answers. Number one, no, we are not changing God's ideal at all. Uh, okay. it is that, that's his desire. That's his will. However, what we are doing and what God has done has acknowledged the frailty of man and the weakness of man. And, and so, as I said, if you, if you can accept the fact that it is not God's will for you to be a punching bag in your marriage— that I is not God's will. That, but yeah, I'm trying to accept that. But now that I'm a Christian, it's bothering me. And and not only that, you weren't a believer, so you weren't living, uh, you weren't living it by the construct of a born again relationship. And even then, you know, marriage is sacred. So believers and unbelievers both enter into the same sacred bond, but with with an abusive situation that that neither was reconciled or changed. Um, you know, you there's a very good chance that you're alive try. today. Very hard. Yeah. You, 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 there's a very good chance that you're alive today and a saved woman uh, relationship with God through Jesus Christ because of your choice to not submit to abusive behavior, which was a good choice. 
See, I never understood that before, and I always thought, well, what is going to happen to all these abused women? That, And they do. That's one of the reasons they stay. You know, they've been taught that marriage is forever, you know, no matter what, no matter what, no matter what. And uh, I went against that. And there's a lot of women still that are staying because sometimes for religious reasons, along well, with I a hope, whole uh, host of many other reasons. I hope that it's some of those women you're referring to are listening today and understand that it is not God's heart or will for them to be beat up in their marriage. I hope so, too. And then the and second prong to the divorce question is, should I find someone that's compatible with me in a Christian life as a couple? That would be wonderful. Really wonderful. If you want to. I mean, is that okay by God? I mean, here we're talking that, I mean, I don't know, but I'm just saying, should that happen, that would be a third marriage. The way that you described your previous marriages, um, remarriage is permissible. Where does it say that in the Bible, though? Does it? Well, within the Bible, we have a couple of times, from one from Jesus himself, that said that divorce is permissible, um, not not necessarily you have to get divorced, but it's permissible through adultery. And when okay. adultery takes place, um, we know that that's an, that's an exception that Jesus himself gave. And then we also know of another exception in the Bible uh, that Paul refers to in 1 Corinthians, and that's the, the exception of desertion. And that's when a person leaves and uh, an unbeliever departs from the marriage. Oh, okay, third, then that's why that's in, in uh, legal circles. Right. There's okay. a third, there's even a third um, uh, exception where someone can get remarried, and that is um, when a spouse dies. And so you described your marriages as abusive, uh, as unbelievers. Uh, you made decisions as unbelievers. You, you even even if, even if, you know, again, we don't have all the details, but even if, uh, the divorces were sinful. They were sinful divorces. God forgives you, and you are not bound by those relationships any longer. Okay, here's a crazy question. Which husband am I going to see when I die? Well, the good news is <laughs> that uh, you're going to see them if, if they're crazy, all saved. It's like, well, I mean... No, it's, it's an easy answer. It's an actually an easy question. The, the question's super easy. There's no marriage in heaven. And so you're going to, if, if your previous spouses uh, are also born again, which, you know, that, that, that could be a dramatic opportunity. If your previous spouses are born again and they're not abusive anymore, they might be the ones uh, that you can, uh, you can remarry. Um, God could do a thing, a lot of great things. Um, the only problem is we don't have time on the radio program, but the Bible says that there is no marriage in heaven. And so any born-again uh, believers, you'll see them all. You just won't have the same relationship with them. All right. Wow, that's a lot, but that's good because there's a, it's a very important um, truth that needs to be shared um, when, when it comes to marriage, and that is physical abuse is not to be submitted to, period. Uh, you're to get help to involve the authorities right away. Uh, you do not need to submit to physical abuse. Uh, is not the heart of God. So th- thanks for joining me this afternoon. We're coming up already on the first half of the program. 
the first and only break. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm the pastor at Calvary Chapel in Aurora, Colorado. Uh, taking your calls, questions, and texts today. And uh, we're going to take a breather here. I'm going to get some water real quick, and then we're going to be back. So give me a call, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. Or you can text me, and that number is dedicated text line, 720-336-0897. So give us a call. This is Calvary Live, originating from Grace FM, but airing on Hope FM, Truth FM, Grace FM, and online around the world at gracefm.com. God God bless you. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to the second half of today's program. My name is Ed Taylor. I am taking your calls today. Uh, The number to dial, as you heard, is 303-690-3000. It looks like all the phone lines are full, so you'll just have to wait for uh, someone to finish their call and then a line will open up and you can always text uh, 720-336-0897. I saw a text come in, uh, which is uh, a hard one. And we just want to pray before we jump over to Brittany here in Colorado Springs. But uh, let me click it open. It says, I'm having a lot of difficulty dealing with my wife's multiple adulteries and her bragging to me about it. I follow God and have dealt with forgiving her, but the neglect I receive from her is very difficult. Please pray for my continued strength uh, that God would bless our poverty situation to be resolved. Thank you, and God bless. Um, I am going to pray for you, brother, and unfortunately, we're seeing a lot of that. I'm personally seeing a lot of this. Um, the Within a marriage, such great sin committed by the husband or the wife, and then they brag about it. And it's just the, the heart. The Bible says in the last days, that the heart of many will grow cold. And it's just cold-hearted. It is a cold-hearted thing. And uh, Father, I pray for my brother as he deals with multiple issues, pain in his marriage and poverty, you know, money issues. Um, we just, I lift him up to you, God. He's, he, he is, um, you know, back up against the wall. And, and whatever you're wanting to show him and whatever you're wanting to teach him, I pray that the lessons would be learned as he grows in his relationship with you, that he would trust you and live for you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, let's go on to our next phone call is Brittany in Colorado Springs. Brittany, welcome to the program. Hi. How are you? Hey. Good. How are you? Ah, amazing. But uh, I, I want to say, I want to be encourager to that guy about the adultery. I, I committed adultery in my beginning of my marriage, and God delivered our marriage he healed me and i went back to my husband and you know so there's hope so god will heal that yes um i have three prayer um not prayer i have three praises yeah praises um first god is jesus is helping with the ocd i trust my feelings but uh that won't work i try to change the the word 
the thought to uh, to the positive when a, when a negative thought came, I tried to change the positive. But the only thing that works is God's word only. Nothing else. Nothing else. Nice. I have to just keep going on to that. But He's helping me so much with that. And oh my goodness, this is such a miracle. <laughs> Jesus blessed me and my husband with an apartment, which oh, is wow. like we are in so much trouble with um, another apartment. We have to pay, and He's opened the door, and this is the only apartment that accepted us. But um, that's it's really amazing. That is and amazing. Another thing that's is, great news. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm talking over you. Um, you want to talk? I'm sorry. No, no, I just, it was great news. I was just agreeing with you. And another one, the third one is my husband coming out of jail in 13 days. He's closer to God. He is on fire for God now, and it's just amazing, you know. It's going to be amazing when he gets out. So three things that God's been helping me with, it's just the, the hardest ones, you know, but my prayers have been answered. So I just want to give encouragement to the ones that are looking for an apartment, that God will give you a place I waited on his timing. I mean, I lived with my 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 family for a while, for a few years, because we didn't we couldn't get a place. But he's God has opened the door, and he will open the door for you guys. And, well, that's you great. Know, thanks for <laughs> thanks for sharing. <laughs> yeah. So I was just some encouragement. Thank you. God bless you guys. All right. Bye bye. Bye bye. Man, it's always good to hear testimonies of things being turned around and especially on uh, how the timing of, of something in her past matched the, the prayer for the text request that came in, um, that you know something that can be so damaging and so destructive can be redeemed uh, by the power of the Holy Spirit. All right. Um, well, Greg's not going to hear this until next week, but he's calling, he was calling from Pasadena, Maryland, uh, and had a call to follow up um, about belief in Christ. So I hope he calls back. Uh, and those are always uh, good conversations to have uh, about what it takes and what it is to believe in Jesus Christ. All right, let's go to Sarah. Sarah's calling from Colorado Springs. Uh, Sarah, welcome to the program. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. What's going on? <laughs> um, I actually have... Um very related prayer request to the gentleman who had the text um, about his marriage. Um, I think, uh, particularly in my family, marriage has been attacked uh, almost for generations. Um, I don't know if you believe in, like, generational curses or what, you know, like Satan kind of tends to put those things upon families, and it's really hard to break free of. Um, as far as, like, marriage and divorce. Anyway, long story short, I was just requesting um, prayer for my my marriage, um, and I I was unfaithful at the beginning of my marriage, um, very complicated. But um, we have now been together a little over seven years, and we're seeing a counselor, and um, we're just dealing with a lot of hurt and pain from the past, and... So just for healing, and then I also wanted to pray for um, my sister and her husband. Um, she found out that her husband, I guess, has not been a believer their entire marriage, and she kind of was led to believe that he was um, when they okay. got engaged. And now um, she's kind of just struggling with, uh, I think, kind of like that gentleman was saying, is... Um, someone who's not really growing in their faith or maybe even not a believer. 
and just really struggling with how can she be that that light for Christ and be patient and loving and kind and forgiving, even when sometimes it feels one-sided. All right, well, let's pray. Thank you. Father, we pray for this. First of all, we pray for marriage and uh, this family history of broken uh, marriages and, you know, just feeling like um, they've got a curse on their family. Um, but we know, Lord, that there's no curse on their family, that Jesus, you broke the curse uh, through the blood of that you shed for us on the cross. And so there's hope. Curse, uh, a seeming curse has been replaced with hope. And so I, I pray for this this overwhelming sense of hope in my sister uh, as she looks to um, the growth in her own marriage and also her friend, uh, you know, and, and uh, just the, the people, so many people listening in right now uh, because not, not, not every marriage is living at the ideal. Not every marriage is uh, growing or thriving. And it's, it is a, a place of great trial and pain. And so we just pray for our marriages today, God. We pray for your uh, Holy Spirit to have your way in our lives and in our marriages. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Hey, I just wanted to speak real quick to um, the generational curse, uh, because that is a popular teaching in, in some churches today, but it's not a biblical teaching. Um, okay. the, the idea that... You know, it's kind of a superstitious thing, isn't it? Because, you know, it's like, well, you know, I see a pattern of bad marriages in our life, in, in, our, in our family, so it must be that God has just cursed us and we're all going to have bad marriages. Um, but God, God doesn't, hasn't given the devil that kind of power uh, where he can just cast a spell over a family and they'll be forever cursed. However, what you do see when you see a series of failed uh, marriages uh, or even a series of any kind of failure in a family, is that bad habits are picked up in each generation, right? Because mm-hmm. if you lived in a home with a jacked-up marriage, then you only learned how to have a jacked-up marriage. And so yeah, when you get married, sense. you know, now now when you get married, you're like, well, you're just doing what you saw in your own parents, and maybe they had multiple uh, marriages and whatever it might be. And so, you know, now you got two people coming together and they're only doing what they learned. And, and so you do that a few generations and it gets worse and worse. But the good news is, is that in any generation that's still alive and breathing can change the pattern, uh, right away and begin to live their life in the power of the Holy spirit and begin to live their marriage, uh, in a way that honors God. And, and so that pattern is, can be broken instantly. Yeah. Yeah, so you're and not I under a that. curse. I do. I really do. And thank you for that encouragement. You're welcome. Thanks for calling. Bye bye. 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000 uh, is our number. Taking your calls and questions. We've got it looks like another question on marriage. Mercy's calling from Denver, Colorado. Mercy, welcome to the program. Thank you, Pastor. Uh, just a quick question. You were mentioning about physical abuse. Uh, yes. And that God, God doesn't want that. What about uh, emotional abuse? Sometimes it can get even worse than uh, physical abuse. Yeah, I, I, I don't think emotional abuse and physical abuse are on the same level. Um, and I, I've never been in a marriage where that's taken place, so I can't really speak to that. 
Um, but to be punched in the face or to be yelled at um, are two different things. And so if you're experiencing emotional abuse and you, you have a fear for your life, you have a fear of being hurt, you have a fear that, or even a, it's possible that it might escalate into something physical, you need to be in a safe place. And you need to be in, your children need to be in a safe place. Uh, and like any situation, you know, asking for help after you're in a safe place is, is important. But, you know, emotional abuse and, and um, you know, verbal abuse is, is so difficult. And um, I really don't have the answer in what lines are drawn. But I do know it's not God's heart for a wife primarily and even for a husband to be verbally or emotionally abused. Um, and so I think that if you're in a church, you should get you should connect right away with a woman counselor that might encourage you and strengthen you. And if you are in a place of danger, get to a place of safety. Okay. Um, I'm not personally. I just wanted to yes. know what it is like for for me to advise some people. That's the counsel I would give, you know, with uh, without without a lot of details. Being subjecting um, a spouse, subjecting themselves to abuse that will put them in danger is not God's will. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Mercy. Bye bye. Bye bye. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand. We're going to move to Brian calling from Aurora, Colorado. Brian, welcome to the program. Hey, Brian. All right, I think we lost Brian, but that's okay. That means all lines are open, and um, I would invite you to call 303-690-3000. Had a great time in uh, our Bible study last night. Uh, we prayed. Uh, Pastor Keegan had given us some really good prayer points uh, as we as a church pray together on Wednesday nights, and and then the Bible study in Second Kings uh, chapter 8 was all about God being in control. And we've been studying verse by verse through 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel, 1 Kings. We're now in 2 Kings on our Wednesday night Bible study. And if your church doesn't have a Wednesday night midweek gathering, uh, you should find one that does uh, and join them. Um, We invite you to come out on Wednesday nights uh, that you would join us. And even if you do go to another church, uh, that we might just serve you because we need that midweek pickup. You know, we, we need that extra investment in our lives to be fed God's word, to be encouraged, uh, to receive instruction. And as we're learning about the life of the prophet Elisha, and we're learning about uh, the the difficulties of of the nation of Israel and the nation of Judah, how they most of their kings after the divided kingdom after Solomon ha- have been idolatrous. Not all of them, but most of them, they've just been idolatrous. They have turned their backs on God. As a nation, they've turned their back on God. And and just really learning about the mercy and the grace of, of who God is and, and what he wants to accomplish and, and how he is merciful and patient and gracious. And, and, and yet he warns us and he shows us. And then, of course, with Elisha, man, the brother was used in miraculous ways. But it wasn't just the miraculous. He also gave practical advice. And it was God used the practical advice too. And, and so you can go to our website, calvaryaurora.org, or you can go to our free app. Just go to the, any app store and put in Calvary space Aurora, A-U-R-O-R-A. And all of our studies are posted there. 
and you can watch live if you're not in the Aurora, Denver area. You can watch us live and join us right in the sanctuary uh, for all of our services. And, and so you're invited to pick up right where we left off and study the Bible with us and pray with us and sing and worship with us. All right, we're going to move on to line number two is James calling from Aurora, Colorado. James, welcome to the program. Hey, Pastor, God bless you. Hey, uh, okay, so uh, divorce, uh, let's see, a pastor in training, haven't been ordained yet, and uh, his wife walk off or something like that uh, or whatever. So can he go forward and be a pastor being divorced or... And yeah, if the if the divorce was a biblical divorce, um, yes. Okay, biblical divorce. There you go. Okay, so but if not, then should he step down after being a pastor, or how that work? If it wasn't a biblical divorce, well, and you got a pastor been pastoring for years, uh, how did that work? Well, you know, I think that that I would have to sit down and find out all of the the, the details. I mean, if a brother has unresolved sin in his life, uh, none of us, that would include me, should be in the pulpit. You know, imperfect men, all, all pulpits are filled by imperfect men that are forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ. So it's not like any of us can stand as serving the body of Christ as a pastor uh, to that, that we're, anyone's perfect. So I would have to have all the details and sit down and just really wrestle with the realities of what surrounded the divorce, what was the the issues surrounding it? Uh, how did he get into ministry? Who approved it? You know those types of things. But um, before I told him to step down, I would want all the details. You know, I want to find out because God is merciful and God is kind. And you know, sometimes things happen when we're unbelievers. Uh, some things that you know, when you're an unbeliever, you're not live you're not living according to the Word of God. So you're going to make a lot of really bad uh, okay. decisions. And so it just really depends on all the details. Um, you know, and if you're a part of a, let's say that that particular church is a part, is just like, well, we don't care what is in his past. Anybody can be a pastor. I would be concerned about that. Um, okay. Okay. And that's know. good, Pastor. I'm glad. I'm glad. Uh, okay. So when it says bishop of one wife, yes. bishop having one wife, that's, that falls up under that also? All that. No, it, um, the, yeah. When, when Paul writes to Timothy and looking for elders and overseers, you know, you're right. That, that word bishop is episkopos. It's an overseer. Um, in the Greek, he he's saying he's he's looking at the kind of qualities, uh, character-wise, that would reflect the character of God, and and the idea of a husband of one wife uh, means that he has one wife at a time. Uh, and what I mean okay. by and what I believe the Bible means by that is that it was written in a time of polygamy, and okay. and so the the man that would fill that office would be would be a one woman man and okay. and he would be committed to the ideal of marriage one man one woman one lifetime and and even a man that's married you know i have friends that are pastors where their wife committed adultery or their wife abandoned them as pastors uh while they were serving pastors i mean i have a very good friend that this happened to uh he he didn't lose his calling the bible says the calling gift and calling of god is irrevocable and so he didn't lose his calling. He just had to change how he served the body. He couldn't pastor the church anymore for a variety of reasons. Um, but he didn't stop pastoring and he didn't start loving. He actually does, he actually goes around encouraging other churches and doing assessments and, and using his gifts in different ways, teaching Bible studies, 
but but he hasn't really shepherded a flock for a long time. Uh, and he ended up getting remarried biblically and is an assistant pastor in a church now. Okay. Okay. So if you have a board, that would be one of the questions. If you uh receiving a new pastor to the congregation, wouldn't that be uh, like one of the questions? Divorce or certain uh, I guess I guess what I'm saying is if he was divorced, you would like you said at first you would want to know the details and everything before uh he can be a pastor of your church. That's correct. I would sit okay. down with them. Uh, okay. anybody that anybody that's a pastor in our church or anyone that would be on a on staff as a pastor, okay. uh, we sit down. And one of the things, I, I have a list of questions that we use to talk about their past. And one of them is, we read through First Timothy chapter 3, and then I ask chapter them a question. Okay. Do you have any issue, are any of these issues that Timothy is told by Paul, do, do you have them in your life that would disqualify you? Okay, and, chapter 3. Okay, Pastor. Thank you. Yep. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Right. 303-690-3000 is the number... Uh, let's see. I think we have someone waiting. It's Kareem in Colorado Springs. Kareem, welcome to the program. Hey, how you doing, Gina, brother? God bless you. Good. What's up? Can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay, good. Yeah, so uh, <clears throat> I had a question, you know, and I don't know the exact scripture, but, you know, as soon as I pretty much give you, you know, where I'm coming from with it or where the Word of God is. So um, in the book of Jude, it, it states that, um, I don't know if it's Paul speaking, I don't know exactly what it said that if not even, you know, the, the angels who left their former state, former dwelling place, which is the kingdom of heaven, you know, um, their celestial bodies, if not even them, um, escaped the judgment, but were cast out in heart, outer darkness and in chains and bound in chains to the day, how much more, you know, will the wicked not be able to escape God's wrath or judgment? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Yes, I do. Uh huh. Yeah. So what I what I was what I was trying to get at that doesn't change the word of God because God's word doesn't change, you know. But it seems like it changes things from our perspective because Paul says, "You know, wrestle against flesh and blood, forces of darkness, and principalities, and you know, evil things lurking in heaven, the realms, heaven realms." So. What is it that we we're fighting and wrestling against? If these if these fallen angels were were, were bound in chains right now? Well, that's only a that's only a yeah, but that's only a small portion of angels. It, the, there are, you know, one third of the angels, one third of the created angelic being, which are millions upon millions of angels. They're in different categories, uh, in different. This is a this is a subset of the demonic realm. So not every demon is chained today. At some high ranking ones with him and whatnot, and it says there are some that are so fierce that they had to be bound in chains. Right, so, so they're bound in chains, so but many others what, are not. You know the books referring to those in number? Yeah, the, there are some bound in chains, and so uh, many more are not. So it's just simply two. There's simply categories that are listed: principalities, powers. Those are categories. Those are rankings of the demonic realm and what, and Jude mentions a group of angels or demons, fallen angels uh, that are bound and they'll be released soon enough. But for the time being, they're bound. And that's another category of angels. And so 
we wrestle not against flesh and blood. That's really saying that our battle isn't with people. Our battle is a spiritual battle, and it's a battle against, we have to remember the right enemy, and the enemy is is not people, um, but the devil. 303-690-3000. We're going to go to Dom in Fort Collins, Colorado. Dom, welcome to the program. Hey, Dom, you with us? All right, I really wanted to. Um, uh, I really wanted to answer this question, so I will. He says, "How do veterans deal with the stuff they did in war? PTSD. Um, you know, PTSD is is a severe, significant attack on the mind, uh, and because of what people have seen, um, it's not just war v- veterans. You know, police officers, uh, nurses, doctors, um, paramedics." Um, you know, the lot of people that were in the Aurora theater shooting that survived suffer from PTSD. It's a very serious, serious, uh, attack on the mind. And, and just like any attack on the mind, um, we learn how to deal with them by, by taking our thoughts captive. Uh, we learn uh, how to deal with PTSD by fixing our minds upon Jesus Christ. And there's, there's quite a bit of truth in the scriptures when it comes to PTSD. And what I think I'm going to do is uh, Randy is a war veteran in our church and, a, and, a, and an elder, uh, and he has a PTSD class that he does. And I'm going to ask him if he wants to put something together that we could send in a PDF format for questions like this. Like a little, he, he has a Bible study and he has questions. He sent them to me, uh, and I've seen them. And then maybe we can create something that would put a person dealing with PTSD on the right track to focus and center their minds because really the healing of PTSD is not all of our actions. Uh, the healing of PTSD uh, and the, the the strength to deal with it and live with it comes from the Lord. And 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 that it's there, there's quite a bit of things that that can be done. Uh, but um, the the reality of the healing comes from the Lord. So I'm sorry, Dom, you, you weren't able to stay on, but it's a good question. Let's go to Peter on line two in Loveland, Colorado. Peter, welcome to the program. Hey, Pastor Ed. What's up? Hey, so uh, I just wanted to call and share uh, some encouragement and testimony um, and resource. Uh, okay, Peter, about- we've got like, uh, I just want to let you know, we got like one and a half minutes. Okay, so the, just about marriages and whatnot. Um, go for it. So my marriage was completely broken two years ago. We were on the brink of divorce. Um, I was verbally and emotionally abusive to my wife and struggling with uh, porn addiction. Um, And God just totally did a work in our marriage. And what he used was a group called Pure Desire for me. Um, And that's just goes through a one-year study um, with the Bible and just how to be a, a godly husband. But the so that was really helpful. So if anybody's interested in that, it's puredesire.org. But um, more than that, I guess that I wanted to share is the women's side of that. There's a group called Betrayal and Beyond, um, okay. and you can find out more about that at puredesire.org as well. Um, and that just helps women get into a group together and talk about um, the hurts and uh, find healing and safety and resource. Uh, to to walk out um, the the healing that God wants to do in them uh, from the hurts caused by their husbands, whether it's from 
sexual addiction or verbal abuse, emotional abuse, things like that. Right on. I'm looking at the website. I, uh, we also use a uh, we also use a resource here uh, when it comes to pornography. And uh, f- what, right now, we only have something for men. So I'm going to ask the brother that oversees that to look at some of this and see if we might be able to bring something for women into our church because it's very very prevalent. So thanks for offering that. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. See you, bro. Bye. Hey, we're coming up on the uh, end of our program today, so I appreciate you joining us and. Uh, just being uh, open and available. I know a lot of you are praying while we're talking and and uh, and, and even sometimes a follow-up call like this. Um, that's, that's the way the show works. And so even if you can't call in, your prayers uh, and your encouragement and, and even your heart going out to some of the callers, uh, bearing one another's burdens. So I want to invite you out to church. I know it's only Thursday, but we'll be gathering Saturday night at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.45 and 10.45 at Calvary Aurora and we're studying through the book of Hebrews, and I'm finishing up a four-part study, a four-part series on the topic of backsliding this this weekend. Um, it's a sub-series in our verse-by-verse study of Hebrews, because in Hebrews chapter 2, it talks about not drifting away, and and that that is another way of talking, uh, another way of describing backsliding. So we have been in the last four weekends... Uh, studying the topic of backsliding. And that's a popular topic, unfortunately. And we'll be ending it this weekend. Come on out. Go to calvaryaurora.org for more info. God bless you guys. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.